I'm really gonna hop right into it, okay. y'all. This is Keep It a Millie. This episode has been long in the making, mm-hmm. man. Since the start, really. No, hey, really since the start. We're we gonna touch on that, but Marley, give an introduction to yourself. The people should already know who you are, but now the audience is gonna know who you are. Uh, well, hello. I'm Marley Berry. I'm Big a Marley. senior biology major, chemistry <laughs> minor from Sacramento, California. Yes, ma'am. Definitely. Well, Marley, th- this episode like means a lot to me. I've been locked in for like a year and a half now. Mm-hmm. You know, we got our monthly Roma Rooster coming up soon. We, we got to get back on that. But, you know, I wanted to bring you out here today because you're still a big member of D1 Athletics. Yes. You know, I've recently, or not even recently, it's been like a year now. I, I retired. I've been out the game for mm-hmm. a while. But I know like something that's really prevalent with you and something that you really care about is mm-hmm. speaking about athlete mental health. Mm-hmm. Right, so I just wanted to get you out here. We have a couple of topics we're going to hit on, but I just wanted you to speak on how you got involved with, you know, promoting athlete mental health. and Just kind of give your journey, you know, from going to high school and now you're a D1 soccer player. Okay, yeah. So I think everyone's journey is definitely different, especially through athletics from high school to soccer. My personal journey um, was a little bit rocky. So I, you know, I wasn't necessarily the best playing um, at my high school. There was a lot of great girls that all went to great D1 schools. I went to a really good high school, really good area. But as soon as I came to Howard University and started to play at, um, on my sp- and started to play on my team, um, I got hurt. So I was hurt for a couple weeks, and with my coaches, it's really important for first impressions and so they know how you're going to play because we jump right into season. We're a fall season. So that whole first year was definitely really hard for me. Um, They didn't really know how I played. I was playing on a a pulled, strained hamstring the whole time. So it was a little bit hard for me to get into it, and I kind of felt slighted because I was like, I know I'm better than this. But just trying to compete. Yeah, nobody else going to know I'm as good as I am. Definitely. Because I'm playing at maybe 75, 80%, right? That's real. Um, so throughout that semester and throughout that year, I definitely struggled a lot with my mental health because, you know, I love the sport. I love to compete. Love I compete. love to be the best. Like, love the game. that's what I'm going to do no matter what I'm doing, especially in my sport. And it was definitely really hard for me to feel like other people were getting more opportunities than me when I felt like I might have deserved it. You know, everyone feels that way. Everyone, everyone's like, Everyone's going to feel that way. Definitely. But I personally did. So I really did struggle with my mental health. And then um, this year, I kind of got a lot more into different um, student-athlete mental health spaces. Like, you know, I'm vice president of Morgan Message, which is a nonprofit organization that helps to destigmatize mental health in the student-athlete uh, area. And I'm also the mental health chair of... Uh, the Student Athlete Advisory Committee, or SAC. Um, so I kind of joined different organizations and I'm trying to help um, destigmatize um, and normalize conversations surrounding athletic mental health. Definitely, so I think one of the big things that I realized during my time of you know running track at Howard mm-hmm. was just how much athlete mental health isn't talked about. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, when you're in high school, you think about D1 sports as like being the pinnacle, mm-hmm. right? But then you don't realize once you're there, there's a whole, um, like just so many problems that come with it mm-hmm. that don't necessarily get broadcasted to like younger people. So definitely with me, I think I was in a situation where I I don't think I really loved track ever. I was just yeah. good enough at it to where I kind of felt like I should keep going. 
and like my best friends were all pursuing D1 sports too. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm gonna just do it for the clout, right? But then you get to a point where I remember it was freshman year because we came to campus for track and I was just kind of sitting there. I was like, I don't even know if I can compete. I don't even know if I can do this. Mm-hmm. And it was like a really weird moment where my parents were halfway across the country and it was just me. I didn't really have that many friends on the team yet because it was like our first couple of days. Yeah. And I was like, yo, I don't know if I can do this. And I was like the first time in my sport where I think I really had to, you know, focus on my mental health because when you're growing up, especially if you have D1 talent, you grow up and you're the like one of the best at your school. Mm-hmm. So I never really had to try and track in high school. I just kind of went out there, competed, you know, won a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, when you come here, you're not the best anymore. You're one of a bunch of people that were all the best where they came from. I guess for me, I, I always talk about the moment that I realized I need to really focus on my mental health was after the second day of practice. Because I kind of I got kicked off the track. I didn't even finish the first two days. Because mm. <laughs> I was like hurt. And the coach is like, just get off. And I, I was like, word? Okay. <laughs> so I remember I was stretching. I was doing yoga like in my room. And I was like, I need to really focus on myself. Yeah. Because if, my, if I lose my mental health, everything's going to get bad. So I guess what was that moment for you last year? when you kind of noticed you really needed to take back control of your mental health and start really working on that? Honestly, it it wasn't even directly correlated to athletics. I think it was was really hard for me to move um, across the entire country and go to college after, especially after a COVID year when I was around basically no people. Um, It was really hard for me to juggle like like newfound mental health issues in a new space. So when I was also not doing well at something that I was really good at for a long time, it they were all kind of confounding factors and they just led to was like <laughs> steep oh, mental decline. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, we, we won't speak on that too much, but definitely, um, but I'm just happy that now you're in a much better place yeah. and that you're giving back, you know, to the athlete mental health space now. Mm-hmm. But so we kind of talked about your journey. When did you start playing soccer and when did you kind of have the aspirations where you're like, I want to go D1 with this? Man, I have two older siblings. So basically from the beginning of my life, uh, my aspiration has been D1 athletics because I had two older siblings and they were out there on the pitch whipping it up on the court pitch that's what they call the soccer field yes for anyone that doesn't know i'm a new soccer fan now so i just football fan oh okay no it's called soccer <laughs> but um i was always playing on club teams competitive teams and they really push even when you're like 10 years old they're pushing oh college athletics like d1 sports especially in my area so it was it was second nature like i didn't even think about that it might be weird to play college sports. That, so that was, was like always, always something. the goal for you. Yeah, that was always the future. I think that's crazy because for me with track, it was a little bit different. Mm. Was, I loved football the most growing up. Mm. And I say to this day, if I kept playing football, I would have been the best at that. But track, I was always like too good kind of not to do it. Yeah. I was like really, really fast. So I think after sophomore year, I stopped playing football. That's when I really started focusing on track. But I don't think I really had D1 track aspirations until the beginning of like junior year mm. of track oh that's no, like, like kind of really late. late yeah <laughs> that, was crazy late. that is very late for like d1 athletes no it was so crazy because i think all my i always said i wanted to go d1 mm-hmm. but 
it wasn't like real because I didn't put any work into the off season. Like as soon as yeah. like spring track ended, and I was chilling. I didn't get on a track again mm-hmm. until like the next February. So I think when I started actually putting the work in, that's when it became a goal. And I always said where I was trying to compete with my friends. So like mm-hmm. my boys Drake and Brennan, they both win D one. Shout out them. No huge shout out mm-hmm. to them because I, I tell Drake this a lot, but that like inspired me. Where it's like I see him, you know, getting shots up on the weekend. I guess I'll go run some track today, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I guess it was really cool when we both were able to accomplish our goal. But that's crazy that D one athletics were kind of your big thing for pretty much your entire soccer life. Yeah, it was always you know, go get a scholarship, play soccer, be one of those people that's just out there. But now the future is here. No, definitely. Like I'm in it. it. It's the present now. And that's kind of crazy whenever I think about it. Definitely. So let's speak on, like, so freshman year, right? So I know mm-hmm. soccer, y'all didn't come to campus. Yeah, we did no. for track. How do you think not having that freshman year of soccer kind of affected your mentality with the sport and kind of, I guess, your skills? Because at that year, you probably weren't getting a lot of reps in mm-hmm. and you weren't able to be around the team. So what's crazy is that actually didn't happen. For I was locked in. <laughs> like, when I tell you, I was out on the pitch because I didn't have anything else to do it was COVID like I didn't go I wasn't one of those people that went and like still saw people because they were the worst man yeah I I wasn't like that because like me and all my boys we like we were on group FaceTime Mm -hmm. all the time we weren't really hanging out that much Mm -hmm. however the first time me Drake and Colin linked up we were in Drake's front yard like 10 feet apart (laughs) all wearing masks and lawn chairs but then you had some of these other people were at each other's cribs and I was like and this affects me, man. Cause no, I, was, yeah. I was like going crazy, but keep going, keep going. Yeah, but um, so that's pretty much was my only outlet. But I loved it. Like yeah. I really thought I was like, you know, D one athletics is gonna be so hard. I'm gonna have to try a lot. But I was I was out there six days a week, three hours a day. Three. Yeah. That's a lot. Of time. I was. It was. <laughs> it was great. I would run. I would do all those things. So honestly, I look back and I think. That year brought my skill to a different level. Cause now when I'm playing and I be taking a quick touch or like turning out of a situation, now um, I'm really good at turning. If y'all don't know what it is, I'm good at a certain skill. I like know what it is from FIFA. Yeah, I'm I'm good with my touch, and I never used to be good with my touch. So that gap year kind of it really actually helped accelerate your game. It elevated me compared to a lot of other people. Cause. I'm a competitor. Got to. I knew everyone else was laying in their beds that whole time. I'm going to be out on the pitch. You know what's crazy? Soccer is, like, not easy. No. Like the other day, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I always I see myself as just a high-level athlete. I feel like I can jump into any sport mm-hmm. except lacrosse and be great at it, right? <laughs> I played lacrosse in PE. I was horrible. But so the other day, we and one of my bros, we went to Edgewood, and he brought, like, a soccer ball, right? Mm-hmm. And we were, like, going through drills. We were doing, like, penalty kicks. And I was, like, really bad. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to kick the ball and make it go off the ground. Exactly. It's, like, foot-eye coordination. Exactly. You don't do that and every you day. you come up with that, you, you can't develop it. Because I looked sloppy, man. Like, there was this little kid there who was, like, low-key watching me. I couldn't dribble. I couldn't really kick it for real. We tried doing like a drill where um, we tried to get past each other. I, I I could never get past him, man. And I'm not even going to clown you for that because soccer is a hard sport. No, it's like cra- It's crazy because I think last semester we had talked about, you know, getting some soccer reps in. Mm-hmm. And here today, I'm telling you, that's not going to happen. <laughs> 
Like we're, we're we're not we're not doing that. Ever. I just I don't think my skills at a level where I feel comfortable. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you know that about yourself, no, though. 100%, because I'm I'm already knowing if I was you know dribbling, I could call it the pill, dribbling the pill on the pitch. Don't come put that shoulder into me. That, that's not going to be good for my mentality. So we're, we're not playing soccer anymore. But I'm a I'm y'all's biggest fan though. Okay, yeah. Next season, no, hundred percent. I'm going to be at. Probably almost every game. As almost. you should, when I get that real PT. That, re- that PT is mm-hmm. coming soon. Because I think, for me, I think senior year to COVID year is kind of when I the illusion of track was kind of lost on me. Because mm. once I accomplished, like, okay, we're going to be doing it, like, in D1 now, I was like, oh, the journey's still going. I can't, like, stop now. Exactly. And I think that, that wasn't hard for me, but... We didn't go freshman year or um, first semester freshman year. Mm. And they didn't tell us until two weeks before that there'd be a spring season. So I was lifting a lot, but I wasn't really running. Yes, I think it was really hard that when I got to campus, I really wasn't in physical running shape Mm -hmm. because they like closed a lot of the tracks. Like all the high schools wouldn't let people work out there. Mm -hmm. So I just think that was crazy. But so for you, you got back sophomore year. What was the mentality yeah. coming into the year? And kind of how did the injury that you had affect you going forward? Man, my mentality, I was so scared. Because really? I I didn't, I had never seen any of these girls play. Like, our sport is not really broadcast everywhere. I'm not at Duke. Like, you can't see us play. So I didn't know how good these girls would be. I didn't know what the coaches would be like. Um, I was terrified. But I went in it. Uh, with a battle mindset, I was gonna do make some things shake, and I did it. And then I got hurt. <laughs> did the opposite, and it was actually so terrible because that those first two three weeks, that's all we were doing preseason every day, two three times a day. Like you're always with your teammates, and when I can't play, and when I'm watching people, and I'm like, ah, I could do that better. Like I could, I that's, could be over hard, here, man. like. If I was in, like, if I wasn't hurt, I would be I would be showing these coaches, like, what's up? But I couldn't do that. So that's kind of where my mental health definitely started to de- – that's kind of where my mental it. health <laughs> <laughs> definitely started to decline. Um, but I didn't really have any resources or outlets. I didn't really know what was happening to help myself and to, like, better prepare for that. So I probably, like – took it out in different worse ways and it probably manifested poorly but that's why that's why i do the work i do so people know what's going on um in their heads to help like their performance anxiety or just different mental illnesses or mental health issues that they have i think that beginning of that year was really funny because i came in right because i didn't get to run my freshman year you know some stuff happened but then over the summer, I was grinding, right? Mm-hmm. Where I remember I was on the track um, every morning that I would lift after. I was in the best shape of my life. Mm-hmm. And then I got to campus. I got an email. And the coaches were like, you need to try out for the team again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I kind of felt like, oh, that kind of sucks. But then I was like, low-key, they're right. Because I smooth barely ran freshman year. They don't know where my head's at. They don't know where my mentality's at. Mm-hmm. So we had the tryout. And I went. I put in a pretty good performance, made the team again. But I think that it was really cool because that second day of the tryout, that's when I actually met you. We mm. went to Annex that day. That was the second day of tryouts? Yeah, that was our second day of tryouts. And I was like, 
lit. I had my ice on because my knees were hurting. I was in a great mood because I did really good. And I was like, there's no way they cannot like mm-hmm. cut me at this point, right? So I remember we had met at Annex that day. You were with all your teammates. Mm-hmm. Shout out to all the teammates. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that, that's when we first linked up. And I always say that from that first like kind of late lunch conversation, I knew we were family after that, mm-hmm. man. Because the, the, the jokes were flying. Mm-hmm. The energy was good. But I was in the same situation where, so we had the tryout. But the first real day of practice, I like injured my knee really badly. Mm, yeah. I still ran on it for a couple of weeks. I think that's where my mental health started to go down. I kind of started wilding during that time. Yeah. Like, if you remember. Like, I do. <laughs> I do. It's a, it's a long period of time. A long period of time. <laughs> We've made amends with everybody yes, now. I guess. But I, I just think that's so important because when an athlete gets hurt, you think about, I guess, the training staff and the coaches. They want to get the body physically mm-hmm. better, but they don't think about the mental that's going on throughout that entire process, too. And that's like... That's half the battle right there because especially a lot of people, they get long-term injuries. Like, say, ACL injuries. That's very common in soccer. If you have an ACL injury, you're out for, what, nine months? You're seeing everyone else play, and then when you start to be able to come back, you're scared because you think you're going to hurt it again or, like, you don't think you're going to be as good. And going into playing your sport with a – not a hundred percent mindset like you're a hundred percent better honestly you have an even higher chance of getting hurt you do so you really have to you really have to be working on your mental health throughout every single stage of your sport at all times and like the mental strength of it too because i know coaches when you get hurt they say slight comments that kind of dig under your skin Mm -hmm. and this is like man like do you think that's really helping me right now no like not at all not (laughs) not even close or they don't even care and they just wow like you don't exist yeah they're just like oh you're out okay who who else is ready exactly and i think that's not beneficial because it's like if your mental health isn't right and your physical isn't right that's not that's athlete in bad shape right there from my opinion on like mental health standpoint most coaches really drop the ball yeah they do but i think like, that's because of the era that they came up coaching yeah. and it wasn't as important i know because I, I think i've had especially in high school i look back and i used to say oh i had bad coaches but then i kind of realized i wasn't a good teammate or a good <laughs> athlete really just I, I don't think i was always the best leader mm. i was kind of arrogant you know, on the track. Happens. So I think, uh, at least for me, it was big on coming to terms with maybe I wasn't always, like, maybe the coaches didn't have it off. Maybe I was kind of the problem in yeah. some of those situations. But you were also, like, 16, 17. No, so definitely. I feel like we're still um, developing. Yeah. So we can't be held to the highest standard, but definitely hold yourself to the highest standard. Yeah, because it was always weird when, like, coaches would try to beef with you, and it's like, bro, I'm 15. Exactly. Like, like, like when you really we, look back like, at what, it. what are we doing here? Even now, like, why are you trying to... I get I'm kind of an adult or whatever, but I don't feel like an adult. Like, wh- I'm why 20. Are, like, why are you beefing with me here? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's... So we've touched on a lot, actually. We went from your story, D1 Athletics, you know, meeting at Annex, clicking automatically, mm-hmm. difference between high school sports. And then we touched on bad coaches a little bit. But I think the other side of it that doesn't really get talked about is not always vibing with your teammates. Mm, yeah. I think, especially in soccer, especially in team sports, 
liking your team or like getting along with at least a few people is so essential. I've been on every spectrum of like liking your teammates or not liking your teammates. I remember in high school soccer, um, not club, but high school soccer, I loved all my teammates. It was such a great environment. And we like won NorCal's, like we won our state championships. And I think that was in part because we had great players, obviously, but also because you have to like foster great, like. There has to be some team camaraderie yeah. there to be able to really accomplish something. And if there's not, especially in soccer, like, oh, she doesn't pass the ball to me. Oh, I'm mad because she does this. Oh, I'm mad. Especially with girls, you know, we, we all be petty. Yeah. It's life. But I think it's, it's really hard if you're singled out and you are like kind of the only one that doesn't get along with all of your team because you just. You just kind of feel out of place, and going to play soccer every single day is not fun anymore for you. Yeah, I think for track it's a little bit different because you're on a team, but it's still primarily an individual sport. Yeah, that's one thing I never really experienced. I always had really good teammates the mm. entire time. Okay, so we spoke on like past coaches that were kind of bad, but I think there's also coaches that like change your life. You know, ones that you know stay in your life even after you've passed on. I have a coach, um, my old football coach from freshman year. I still text him periodically. He still mm-hmm. checks in. But just having someone that kind of saw you grow up and texts you when you're doing big things, it really keeps things in perspective about you as a person when things might be kind of down. Mm-hmm. You're like, man, this person who saw me when I was 14 sees me now at 21, and they're seeing the growth. So the growth is there. I just got to keep working at it. So do you have any coaches like that? I don't really necessarily have coaches that I'll text all the time, but I did have a coach um, that was kind of with me through my whole career where I was at this one club and I was like six years old playing with like all the boys or whatever. And then... Oh, you, you were one of them? I was I was playing three years up with all the boys. That's crazy. You know, I was doing all that stuff. We had this one girl mm-hmm. that would run track with us and we were like little like kids yeah. kids and if you have a girl running with boys she's faster than all the boys man of course immediately <laughs> but it, it was bad her, I, her name was allison and she would just be cooking us in practice <laughs> and like she was a coach's daughter and it, it was like embarrassing bro i was gonna say the egos were hurt no a hundred percent but it got to the point where we didn't even see her as like a girl anymore which yeah. was like a competitor so even if I would barely beat her, I was like, oh, when is a win? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, at that point, you just have to keep going. Like, she was, like, actually insane. Like, <laughs> I And there was this other girl that we would play flag football against. Mm-hmm. She went to the school called Lamplighter. Honestly, if a girl's playing a sport against a boy, she's, like, a dog. Yeah. She's, like, better than everybody else. Yeah. So, I guess you're, you're like, a dog then because I guess you were doing that. Uh, Maybe back in the day. I don't know. Back in your how, prime. Yeah, back in my prime. <laughs> six years old, man. So my, my athletic prime is definitely when I was, like, eight, nine. Oh, okay. I'm proud of you. Eight, nine. Are there maybe 17? I think those years, th- those are definitely my athletic Such a prime. huge gap. Bro, you know why? Why? Because I stopped trying for, like, a really long time oh. in between. But then 17 is when I kind of decided I wanted to go D1 again, so I started trying again. And then I'll enter my prime. That speaks to the pure athletic talent <laughs> that Caleb has. Because, like, what do you mean you can stop trying for that long? Because I, did, I didn't do work outside. No, I understand what you're saying. No, it was bad. I'm just speaking to the just uh, talent. My dad used to roast me for it. Because he would just As be like, should. you don't try. Your time's running out. I'd be like, just wait on it. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't wrong. But back to my coach. Um, he kind of saw me. He was... 
Back to my coach. He saw me when I was like six, whatever, growing up in that club. But then he had come over to my new club and started seeing me when I was like starting to get recruited by colleges and stuff. And then he actually coached me senior year of high school, which was it kind of put everything in perspective. Like, look how far I've grown. I don't like necessarily text him. I follow him, him on Instagram. But that's all, that, that's all that matters. Yeah, he sees me doing great things. So Definitely. That's all we can say about that. I think the coaches thing is really cool because coaches, I don't, I guess they kind of do realize it, but they really shape how you can love a sport or end up hating a sport. Definitely. I think it's crazy. I definitely had football coaches in the past where they would just like try me for no reason. Yeah. I, I used to have a coach where he intentionally, he told me at the end of the year, he said, I never started you in a game, even though you were the best wide receiver. So I wanted you to work harder. I'm like, so we're just like intentionally losing. Like, what? Like, because we didn't win a game that year. We went 0 and 8. But it's like, is, is that really necessary? I, I was like, why? I don't know. They, coaches also have like power struggles because they have so much power. And For I feel real. like some people, they should not be coaches. They shouldn't be refs because it just goes straight to their head. Exactly. I think you have the parents that are like, really go out there and start politicking. Mm-hmm. And their kids like end up getting more PT. Because my parents, they were not politicians. They were like, man, you either going to compete or you're not going to play. As they should. Like yeah, that's what you should do. But we had some of these parents where I went into the coach's office one day. Why, why is two, two sets of parents and they're complaining about their kids playing time, bruh? That's, yeah. just, that's just weird to me personally. No. If your kid's a bust, he needs to not be on the pitch. Yeah. And I feel like now I, be see, I can see some of those people in D1 athletics or just collegiate athletics athletics in general where their parents did everything for them because now they don't know how to speak to the coach and be like I need this or they can't take criticism or they're not coachable because like their parents kind of did everything for them unfortunate circumstance I wasn't like that but unfortunate not wrong you're a competitor I'm, I compete come on I, I love to compete <laughs> I think we're kind of wrapping up the episode now we've spoken on a lot but one thing that I really wanted to ask, and you touched on it a little earlier, mm-hmm. but for athletes that are dealing with, you know, mental health issues, what can they do to improve it and kind of what resources do they have that they don't even realize that they have? So I think definitely at Howard, we do have resources, but nobody knows about them. Like we have a sports psychologist. We um do. Yes, her name's Dr. <laughs> Daniels, and nobody knows about her because she's not, like, publicized. You could literally go to her, and it's, I think it's, like, therapy or counseling or things like that. She helps specifically with, like, sports, um, mental health in general. But we literally have access to her, but only a few teams know about her because their coaches reach out to her. I didn't know about it, and I was the vice president of Morgan's Message. Like, I knew about all these things, but I had no clue about her. So we definitely have her. There's a lot of different organizations that provide access, especially to black athletes and black women and men in general that you can find um, out there. But I would say, personally, I think everyone's journey is different. And I think that it's important to know yourself and to be able to kind of um, work around or work through not against your mental health struggles. Um, for example, I personally really enjoy doing things that have nothing to do with my sport. Like, I enjoy excelling at other areas, especially if I'm not excelling at soccer. Like, I want that 4.0. 
I want to be joining different organizations. I want to be making friends. I want to have a social life outside of soccer. I can't have my whole identity, especially now that I'm leaving soccer in a year. I can't have it be wrapped around soccer. Big senior so graduation sorry. coming soon. Had to had to throw that in real quick. Yeah, we're gonna miss you, Marley. Yeah, I Bro, hope you told, so. We were at Roman Rooster, and you told me that you were leaving, and that just ruined the whole meal. <laughs> Did not ruin the meal. It was still gas. Like no, it was still special. I had to get out of here, y'all. No, I was like Marley. No. I had to. No, but I think you mentioned it about you know wanting to do things outside of soccer. I think that's one of the like really most important things as an athlete that you can do. Is just having an identity outside of the sport and yeah. having hobbies outside of the sport. Yeah. So I never had the podcast when I was running track, but when I stopped running track, the podcast was something I started, like to take up that free time mm-hmm. to show myself that I could do something bigger than run around in circles, like the <laughs> time, you know. Yeah. And I just think that ever since then, and this kind of leads me to my last point. I was just saying thank you because you know your podcast is what I was the first one I'd ever been on. I put him on, y'all. No, I, I forgot to say that I put Caleb Smith C Millie Come on onto now. podcasting. You put me on. I think it was actually you told me that I should start one after mm-hmm. we did the episode on your podcast. But just thank you because that was super cool. I had COVID when we did that. Remember? <laughs> oh yeah, it was online. <laughs> I forgot I was, about that. I, I was in the COVID dorm. And I think y'all like Facetimed me or something. And we touched on some real issues in that we one, did. too. We talked about disenfranchisement of black people. That's a vocab word, right? I don't know if I was going to be able to get it no, out. No, I was like, right. good job. We could have reshot it. So. That, that was a tongue twister. I, I got it. We talked about like wealth distribution. Mm-hmm. and that, that We talked about some real issues on that one. It's influential. No, super. But So, again, thank you for that. Because I feel like without that podcast, Keep It A Millie doesn't exist. But, Marley, it took way too long. Why did it take so long for us to link up and do this, man? We're on season two now. This should have been done last year. It's it's so true, but you know we still family. Always, we be can family. still do it three years from now. We gonna do it again. We weren't stressed, you know. Too blessed to be stressed. Mm-hmm. Yo, let's leave it on that, y'all. We are too blessed to be stressed. <laughs> you felt Marley. Appreciate you for coming out, getting on, keeping a Millie. I'll have all her socials linked out in the comments down below. Feel free to tap in, Marley. Give a little message. Speak about what you have going on. Really, really just flex right here, man. Tell the people a little bit, and then we can get out of here. All right, y'all. So, like I said, I am the vice president of Morgan's Message. It is a nonprofit organization that aims to destigmatize mental health in the student-athlete and black um, mental health spaces. You can go follow us on Instagram. Our Instagram is... I don't even know. You got to pull it up real quick. Make sure we get the right at. It's morgansmessage.howarduni. So you can definitely go find other resources and uh, important things that will help you with your mental health journey if you ever need help. Uh, Again, I'm Marley Berry. You know, I be out here. I be playing soccer. But I'm also pre-med, so I be studying for that MCAT all the time. Marley even left the function early last night to go study. Had to do it. So I might be your doctor one day. Hey, just wait on it. (laughs) to manifest that but thanks so much to caleb c millie for putting me on this podcast great things go subscribe follow it and repost this once you see it marley you did the the outro for me you're welcome i appreciate that but y'all like marley said i'll just reiterate make sure to follow the podcast on apple and spotify follow the instagram subscribe to the youtube we got a bunch of content coming soon y'all be blessed thank you